Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of Wheel of Misfortune. My name's TJ, joined by Leonard Lowe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I do miss Wheel of Misfortune, though. That was a fun show. That ruled. I'm so happy Mika got to be a part of that. We are coming right off of two seasonal finals. We missed, yeah. a, we missed a while because we were both traveling. We were both uh, watching the best League of Legends Wild Rift that our regions had to offer. I'm back from Minnesota. I'm back from the Midwest. I survived. Leonard, you didn't have nearly as risky of a journey. How was it? You don't know what my journey has been, TJ. It's been a it's been a ride the last month. I went to Malaysia for the WCS MYSG finals. I was supposed to go back to Singapore, but I just flew up to Thailand for a holiday. I flew from there straight down to Malaysia again. Uh, for the WCS finals, I'm trying to keep track of everything in my head. I flew back up for, to Thailand for a mini holiday during like our dark days, and then I flew back down to Malaysia to close off the show. And then again, I'm back to Singapore. that really doesn't sound as difficult as traveling through the Midwest to get to Minnesota. <laughs> Honestly, I probably travel less distance as well. I flew between like three countries like four times and I probably travel less distance. We've done the American geography yeah. bit, Leonard. Yeah. You, we cannot mine anything more out of you not understanding how big <laughs> America is. I mean, we're literally just talking about this. Like 30 minutes from my house to, to a studio is considered far here. Yeah, I took a train from uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis to Chicago, which is like... Five hours. Sheesh, man. Um, and then from Chicago all the way across the Midwest through Kansas through uh, uh, all the way to Utah. So get out your American state maps at home. <laughs> I think I'm good. I'm just going to know. I'm just going to assume it's crazy far. Just tell me how long did the whole journey take by train? Uh, two days. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy far. I can't imagine that. It was a good time though. I, that was that was yeah, my that was my mini vacation afterward. That was my Thailand. Very different kind of trips, but sure. <laughs> For very different kinds of people. I just wanted to sit on a train <laughs> alone and read a book, and I cannot imagine you existing in that environment. <laughs> this is time and place for it. Hey, hey, that's more than I thought I'd get. Uh, how were the finals, though? Because this was the culmination yeah. of all of SEA. You guys had the best teams. You guys have four regional finals slots, four icons. Yeah. Uh, it how makes was sense, because, like, you know, we are the best. Well, sure. Like, maybe behind WRL, we are the next best region. So it makes sense. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The teams that we're sending are very diverse. The entire finals is... Uh, it went about as well as it could have, I think. Vietnam, in the end, was still dominant, or at least their first seat was still dominant in the end, but the other regions all put on a fight, showed their uh, regional flair, and I think we're sending the best mix of teams we possibly could. It worked yeah. out well. I was really happy to see uh, the Philippine representative get in there at yeah. the side. Um, and I was also really excited to see the meta over the course of WCS Finals, like... Yeah. You guys have your own things going on. Uh, we have the think... right things going on. Yes. Uh, why don't you? Why don't you give us a tour of what's new and popular in the world of WCS uh, Wild Rift, mm. and then we can talk about the Yumi, and then we'll talk about North America. <laughs> We're dedicating a whole segment to the Yumi. Huh? Uh, yes. 
Well, I would say the things that most people might consider odd, I guess we've got a Sinchmid that's pretty popular. RRQ, one of our reps, the Filipino reps that we're sending, have a lot of pocket picks, like Irelia Jungle, Rakan, Mid, things like that. But other than that, I think it's pretty standard stuff. It's a lot of support power. Um, it's a lot of jungle power. And I feel like the main thing you guys need to be looking out for is how teams play around their junglers and enable their junglers going into icons. Uh, give me a lightning round, each team followed by how well they're going to play so icons. Okay, we'll start from fourth to first, okay? BRU, yeah. this team might oh, struggle so it's a, a so it's a sweep is what's happening. It's a what? It's an SCA sweep is what's happening. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the SCA teams are going to make a really good run. Uh, maybe only losing to the WRL teams, but there are a lot of WRL teams, so so okay. we'll keep that in mind as well. But give me, but, yeah. but give me final placement, because you said fourth through first, and I thought oh, that was your teams? final... Wait, I need to look at the entire bracket to have formed this in my mind. Oh my god, he's going back into his mind palace! <laughs> Just pick a number, do what I do whenever someone asks me for a prediction. I don't know how many teams there are. Okay, I think all four teams that we're sending will be in the top eight. Maybe one team will make it to the top eight. That's the most I can see happening. And the team that I could see not making it into the top eight will be either Burivam United or Flash Wolves, just based on the nature of their playstyles. Yeah. Also, yeah. I'm looking at the Icons Global Championships uh, Liquipedia page, and I just realized that every region sends a team directly to group stage, even like NA, when they're yeah. so bad. Like, it's crazy. I, our T2 team is actually our weirder team, but we'll get to that. Right. Uh, yeah, give, we'll me the get teams, give me the teams in order. Okay, so BRU, I think, are going to be the last place team of all the C teams we're sending. That's mm -hmm. because I don't think the meta is going to shake up favorably for them. And mm -hmm. I feel like the way they play is going to be good enough to beat teams that are worse than them. But they will not really be able to upset teams that are better than them, such as the WRL teams. Number-wise, how many teams are there, man? I can't count. Four, eight, you, 12, You can 16. just say a number. Just go for it. Eight. Eight. Good. Six. Cool. Eight, six. Six slash eight. Six to eight. That's not... Sure. Cool. Next team. <laughs> Next team. I think Flash Wolves are not going to... Oh, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I think Flash Wolves are not going to do that well because I think they're just a budget version of a WRL team, but less aggressive and less decisive. So I think they're going to get six to eight as well. Same as BRU. Sure. Even though they got to the finals in WCS finals. Next team. Next team, I think, is going to be RRQ. I think their aggressive playstyle is going to help them upset a lot of teams. They're going to ha they're going to be able to beat teams that are better than them, and they should out mechanics teams which are worse than them. So I think RRQ will get top four. Oh, I just heard Riku cheer for all the way from North America. Next team. <laughs> I think it goes without saying that Team Flash are just so cracked, and this team will be able to upset WRL teams. Top two. Great. This version of the game is much easier for me because we only have two teams. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the Yumi. Uh, this was what the Jess... No, I want to hear yours first, actually, before we... Does that mess with the formatting? Sure, okay. So we're, we're talking <laughs> about North America, now. then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the North American finals were actually a lot of fun. Uh, great event, had a lot of fun. We were on the, the we were in this like big atrium on the Mall of America floor, so it's like four stories and like mall stories, like car park size stories. Um above us and just this big empty atrium with a big spiral uh all around it. So all these like 
ancient old people are walking up to the railings on every floor and looking down at us Amazing. and people would and stick around up there or wander down to the floor and sit down in the seating with a live crowd uh, which is a, one of the first live crowds in the west because we've had covid for a lot of the time right um okay. and this was one of the one of the first events after the restrictions and bid list lifted in north america um and the event was really sick. We had kind of four teams that were in the conversation. I'll skip to top three. That was uh, Immortals, who had been dominant all season, hadn't lost a tournament. Uh, Sentinels, Sentinels, who are the only team that hadn't that had beaten them. Uh, Sentinels placed eighth last season, and uh, they're the stacked Arena of Valor super team. Uh, and they they simultaneously are the least aggressive team in North America and also the most fun team in North America to watch. And then Tribe Gaming, who won everything last season, represented us uh, internationally and have been struggling all season, but like started to put everything back together on land. So you have you have the perfect convergence of Tribe Gaming like figuring themselves out. They went on vacation, and they, like, got inside their heads. They roll-swapped, or they swapped out their AD carry, and it's the boys are back together. It's the team that won the Vainglory World Championship in 2017 on this Tribe Gaming roster, and they chew up the lower bracket and meet Sentinels who knocked them down there, meet Sentinels in the lower finals. Sentinels lost quite badly to Immortals in the upper bracket. And so Sentinels, on the final day, need to play Tribe Gaming and then Immortals. They go to five games of a best of five against Tribe Gaming. Yeah. And barely win. Like, barely. Their AD carry rest, who is one of the coolest dudes in esports, uh, played support in Arena of Valor, doesn't look that comfortable on AD carries, which is the role he's playing in Wild Rift. Uh spends the entire series struggling, getting caught out, and then hits the sickest quirky package of the tournament in Game 5 of the semifinals in order to uh, win, stands up on stage just crying, just sobbing with relief as they get through to finals. And then they get like 10 minutes. And you gotta play Immortals. <laughs> they play They play the lower bracket finals and the grand finals on the same day. Same day. We only that's had two rough. days for the event. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> he, he... Like, they hit the zenith of, congratulations, you're qualified for icons, you're sobbing with relief, you're on stage, it was in game five of a five-game series, sit back down, now play the best team in North America. And Immortals, <laughs> who've been dominating all season, uh, had to start the tournament playing with Araki Zora, who's their team captain, he was the analyst yeah. at the Ryzen Cup, uh, remote. Because his visa stuff wasn't working. Ah, and that's rough. So it, everyone was convinced that they were going to lose, but they, like, obliterated their upper bracket run on day one. And then overnight, Araki Zoro, who's been playing, like, via Skype from the riot offices in Canada, <laughs> flies in and arrives. And we wanted to do, like, a WWE intro where we hid that he'd arrived and that at the very last moment we would be like, and now joining us on stage it's Araki Zoro! And he could run in from the side, but he chair. didn't want to do that because he's sensible and reasonable. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, that's so much fun. But all right, all right, that's cool. But I mean, you have every reason to believe they would still win, even if he didn't fly in, right? They trioed the upper bracket finals against Sentinels. Yes and no. Yes, they did. And they right. looked much better than Sentinels there. No, because Sentinels are a team that scales with preparation. Okay, so um, they clicked. In the Sentinels, Sentinels do their homework. They're good boys. Right. Okay. Um, and that's their superpower. In, in Wild Drift, which is a very new esport, uh, Sentinels understand the game very well, and they understand how to prep, and they understand how to play as a team. And they have tens. So, sorry? <laughs> Never mind, it's a terrible oh, joke. Sentinels. I got it. Uh, Valorant, yes, got <laughs> Um And Sentinels roster is really fun because they have MTS, who is possibly the most experienced uh, mobile esports player in the West. Uh, he's the... Uh, he's the only Western player to ever play in the KPL, the Chinese Honor of Kings League. Um, he got imported into the Korean expansion of the KPL because he was so dominant in Arena Valor. He was, like, uh, a top laner on the best North American team every year, and he would take lanes off of uh, Asian teams. And so they brought him in. Uh, his team captain on that Arena Valor team would take wins off of Asian teams was Rest, who's now their AD carry. The other best North American team uh, uh, was led by Beginnings, who's the support on that team. So it's like a true super team. They're the guy that they imported to be their AD carry on Rest and MTS's team. For the very first Arena Valor World Finals, they brought in a Korean player um, to be like their AD carry and to teach them how the Asian players were playing Arena Valor. That yeah. guy, Pew, is coaching Immortals. What a world we live in. So he's standing on the other side of the stage, and Immortals also have this sick roster. The other two players over on uh, Sentinels are Shish and Molly, who are these, like, Zoomers. Just scouted okay. Zoomers. That's just yeah. the entire pitch. It's You've got all these old men, and then they oh, have great. these two kids that are sick, that are some of the best players in the league, and they get told where to stand and where to hit sick plays. Yeah, and then you just let the Tums do the talking after that, right? I mean, I, I have every reason to believe that this is the new winning recipe for teams. Like, I look at League of Legends PC, I look at Wild Rift, and a lot of successful teams have this formula, and I think it's great. It brings a fresh perspective onto a lot of teams as well, and it's something I hope to see pay off for Sentinels. Um, so they limp into the finals, and there it's Immortals who are this just super team. It's Hoon, who you may recognize from Mobile Legends or Arena of Valor, both games where he was dominant. Like, that's mm -hmm. how long he's been a top player in mobile esports. Um, it is Iraqi Zoro, who won one of the first ever uh, uh, international Vainglory events, so, like, one yep. of the first ever mobile esports events in the West. And they've got this sick roster with Lebmont, who is quite possibly the best jungler in North America, and just dominates no matter what happens. And it's not really a jungle meta right now, but Lebmont and some of the WCS junglers, actually, are just forcing it to be anyway. Yeah. Um, and they had a great finals. It went six games out of the seven-game series, and uh, Immortals won. So those are the two teams that we're sending. And I am really pumped. I think that... Like, the, the thing that I've been saying is I think that Immortals and Sentinels are better than EU and Latam. 
And I think that's true pretty comfortably. And we'll find out. I've, I've been saying that quite publicly, well. so I could get smacked. I mean, I, I I have reason to agree with you as well. I feel like EU does look extremely terrible. Display their drafts, their approach to game. It just looks... But oh, something that I want to bring up, something that's actually a bit interesting to me, is that when you look at the NA players, and I think to some extent the EU players as well, right? A lot of them have their backgrounds in other esports, whereas for WCS, basically like 80% of our players are former league players. So I think that's a pretty interesting like um, discrepancy we got going on. Yeah, well... um. I think the other mobile esports in Southeast Asia are games that are still going. Yes. Okay, <laughs> right? so it's dead in NA, right? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. there's no Arena of Valor Pro League in yeah. North America anymore, whereas in Vietnam there is. So the Arena of Valor players sure. in Vietnam are still earning sick money playing AOV, and they don't oh, leave yeah, the game rich. as much. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good um, point. Team Queso, who are one of the two EU representatives, are just straight up the entire team from Arena of Valor. Every year... <laughs> And banger year, I was gonna, I couldn't decide which to say. I'm going to say them both. Banger year for Arena of Valor veterans, because just across the board, uh, tons. Well, of... until they get to icons. Okay, here's my thing. <laughs> I think North Stop. America's getting out of groups. Sit out. Huh? I wait. Getting out of groups. Yup. I thought maybe getting out of play-ins is doable, but actually, no. You know what? That's not doable. Well, sure, what so Immortals our... will get out of groups? I think... So, I actually maybe have more faith in Sentinels to perform all right than Immortals. I think Sentinels getting out of play-ins will be hard just because of the way the play-in seeding works. Um, because they're going to get seeded against... like a, They're going to have to yeah. beat one of the Asian regions to get out of their group very likely i mean that's um, i think that's true for every team because there are eight between wrl and wcs we have eight teams you count right. the korean teams that's 11 teams already. and maybe so, maybe you get the eu group of life draw that they got at yeah. horizon where they get like all of latam and <laughs> latam wild tour representatives and they can like squeak through uh without having to beat an asian team but i don't think it's likely um, Almost half the teams there are Asian teams, so eventually right. you run into someone, I think. Um, Unless you're really lucky in the draw. Again, the reason I have like a lot of faith in Sentinels is because I think Sentinels do their homework. Sure. Okay. Um, and a lot of the Asian teams, I cast the WCS last season. Yes. Uh, I think that a lot of the Asian teams aren't doing their homework. Of course. Why do? Why bother when you're going to smash these Western teams anyway, right? And then you go to playoffs against the other Asian teams. That's when you start prepping. Well, I've, I've looked at some of their play against each other, and it's very yeah, focused on yeah. <laughs> developing their own play style and very focused on like doing homework, but it's not opponent scouting. It's What I'm seeing is teams get into the game and be hit by strategies that their enemies have been doing all uh, tournament that, like, I could scout. Yes, that is true. And they're like, whoa, what's this? And I'm like, you're not doing the VOD review. Uh, because wherever your attention is, and a lot of these teams have significant infrastructure, it's going somewhere else. To be fair, I do think... Okay, you know what? I'm just coping. Yeah, go on. <laughs> well, I mean, if you disagree with that, you're the, you're the expert. I mean... It's true. I do think that this year it's a little bit better than it was last year. Yes, but that true. doesn't exactly mean that um they do the best prep either. We've got some teams that do pretty good prep. I think uh, BRU are very good about that, even though they don't have coach. The players do an amazing job there. And uh, Flash Wolves, they do great prep as well. 
But other than that, I think Team Flash, we haven't seen too much from them because they're just a cut above the rest in the WCS and maybe in the world as well. And um, for RRQ, they have good prep. They have good drafts prepared. But I don't think strategy-wise, they do good prep there, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, in comparison to everyone else, we're sending some, like, workers. Everyone else is sending gamers. We're sending people in, like, both teams. People wearing buttoned-up shirts who are showing up to their to their job in the office. And it happens Amazing. that their job in the office is to play video games on stage, but it's their job in the office, and they're going to do the work. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I mean, since we're on the topic anyway, I'm just going to... I'm looking at the, um, the teams that are being sent. Oh, actually, you know what? I didn't count the Japanese teams. If you count the Japanese teams, half the teams are basically Asian teams. Okay, I don't yeah, know anything I, about There's only donuts. one good Japanese team, and it lost, so it's lost its key players, so I don't... I don't know. Sengoku and Donuts. Yeah. Okay, I don't know anything about Donuts, but I kind of know a bit about Sengoku. But I don't know enough because I haven't watched the Japan Cup yet, right? But if you're looking at the Korean teams, the Chinese teams, and the WCS teams, I'm just going to say that no Western team will take a game from any of these three regions. I think the gap is that massive. I don't think any Western team is taking a game off of uh, China, WRL. I do think that Sentinels or Immortals could surprise and pull a game off of any of the others. You know what, jokes aside, I honestly would love to see that. I think it would be good to yeah. see. It would be a bit depressing if that doesn't happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think well, the, the understanding of the game is just too gapped. That would be a win, right? That would be sure. if, if a North American team takes a game off of any of the Asian teams, we would be, we would be hyped about it for weeks. <laughs> Well, I don't know about we, I would, but well, you guys... I would be writing blog posts about it for the rest of that <laughs> month. So, the, the like, scale is different. But I will sure. say, I like a lot of the teams we're sending, and I think all the teams that we're sending are, are basing all their play on the Asian regions, right? Yeah. One of the things that uh, EU players are flaming Sentinels for, uh, one of the better bits of trash talk I've seen, is EU players are saying... Uh, well, you know, WRL goes on break uh, before uh, icons start, so Sentinels won't know what champions to play. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but to be fair, I don't know why EU players are, are throwing shade as well when their drafts are just... Their drafts just look unwinnable to me half the time, but somehow it works out. Well, know. EU is drafting solo queue is what I've seen. Um, sure, That's my yeah. criticism of Europe is that they're... Drafts just look like they're playing the characters that are good in solo queue. Yeah. Um, the big one I've had some discussions about, I had a long Twitter thread, if anyone wants to dig it up, um, about Seraphine, where EU yes. players just keep playing Seraphine. Um, and she's she's good in the solo queue. If you want some free ELO, playing Seraphine's great. But if you are playing in a region where people can gank turret, then Seraphine is not great. But players can dive towers? Yeah. Because she can't really do anything if the other team has the fundamentals of we're going to group three players up and jump on this player. Do EU teams play the Sona Seraphine as well? They play both Sona and Seraphine separately. Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah I think they're just going to get rolled by, by Eastern teams. Yeah. <laughs> That's a disgusting problem. That's yeah, also just... my read on the situation, to be 100% honest with you.
I mean, I just don't think the the understanding of the meta is really there from the EMEA teams. Maybe the NA teams are marginally better, but still, at the end of the day... Well, the NA know, teams know they suck, is the sure. thing that I think matters. Because um, the people leading North America are these, like, older veterans of uh, mobile esports. Sure. And so they know the gap is there. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in the European conversations. They certainly have people who could be leading to that same degree, but from what I've heard, it isn't happening. But I all see. the teams in North America have a server they're on where they, where they organize pickup games, where they oh. play just pro to pro. And most of the top pros at this point are playing mostly there and don't have super high matchmaking. I see. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so it's very much like in League of Legends PC, where they have the uh, I don't know what you call it in houses. Yeah, they're doing in-houses, they're doing scrims, there's like this really, there's this culture of we need to get the region over the line in North America, wow. which I've straight up never seen before in any esport I've covered. Yeah, yeah, and that's good to see. Yeah, and, I, and I'm hopeful that it will yield results, uh, obviously measured results. I'm not here saying North America is going to be the best in the world. I'm here saying... It's going to be fun to watch. I think that's one of the more exciting storylines of the first half of the tournament. And then yep. we can pay attention to the big storylines for the second half of the tournament, which is going to be, can anyone beat China? Yeah, it's going to be WRL versus WCS, featuring WCK. That's my read. A lot of people have been telling me that they think WCK is better than WRL, and I want to get a temperature check on I that. think that's false. I don't think yeah, that's true at all. Yeah. Rolster, I think that's just, I don't still know look how really you can watch the games and think that. Sure, Roaster looks good, and I think the meta is going to fit Roaster really well. I think Luna's yeah. going to have a field day at Icons, but that aside, I think WRL teams are just better. Can we? Can I don't we know circle... how you can watch the games and unironically have a take like that. Can we circle back to, by the way, like three episodes ago when I said, I think sure. we're headed towards an AD carry meta, and Leonard Lowe said... Well, they literally patched it, TJ! And Leonard Lowe said, no, not in a million years. If they didn't patch put a big patch like this in before icons i wouldn't i would not agree with that but the patch is huge do you want to talk about it no i didn't really read it i just skimmed it and i talked to players so i i don't want to dive into it here today i think we do a preview before icons but my face value impression is this is a big patch from for dragon Lanus. sure um, it'll be exciting for dragon laners uh new champions i don't know if they'll be out in time for i icons. don't believe so so but Echo VR, is there will be a lot of fun. Echo is out this week. I would love to see Nautilus and Pike. Echo, not so much. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Echo is the one I'm least excited for. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Nautilus, I think, is going to be out in like a couple of weeks, which would put him in the middle of the like danger zone. I mean, there's a good chance none of them get enabled. So until we know more, I I, I think hope they are though. We don't really need to speculate. It's really, it's really frustrating to me whenever I'm watching a tournament and, um, like half of the champions that I'm playing in my solo queue games aren't yes. enabled on the tournament, yes. and I'm like, well, you're just playing a different game. What are we doing? I would love to see these champions enabled because I think, especially for the two support picks, they're really going to change the meta. They're really going to be high. Oh, support I picks. You think Pike is ever seeing the bottom lane? Oh, you're right, actually. I think it makes a lot of sense for Pike to go solo lane in this game as well. Uh -huh. We saw that from G2 back at MSI, so it's a, it's a very real possibility. I think Pike could very much be a solo laner in this game. 
Um, and Nautilus is going to be a jungler, and Echo is going to be a jungler. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. I think Echo might be a mid lane or jungler. We might even see Baron lane tank Echo, but until I see these champions actually get played, I think I would rather not speculate. Because there's a lot of possibilities. Like, these champions could go in a lot of roles. Nautilus yeah. has been played mid lane as well. Um, and I think we're going to see all of that, because, like, you, you talked about Singed, that's also really popular. Singed mid is, like, a yeah. staple of the China meta right now. Um, the, the, we are see, we're seeing teams pull out, like, Assassins, Katarina is seeing a weird amount of playtime globally for a champion that sucks. Um, yeah. so there's just this, inc there's this ocean of viable champions right now, and everyone is kind of doing everything. So it's it's gonna be a really fun tournament. We're gonna do that thing where the meta is decided mid tournament. No, the meta is decided already. I think some there will be key teams that will shape it, and then everyone will try to follow it. But I feel like the meta is gonna. You know, I honestly have a feeling we might see two metas develop: one between like the top teams and one between the bottom teams, just based on the fact that so many teams are going. That I think the scrim meta is gonna split in half. Based on, like, are you a good team? We're going to scream, scream you. Are you a bad team? Okay, we're not going to scream you. You're going to scream other bad teams, and you're going to make your own meta, and it's going to be a bad meta. And, yeah, I think that's honestly something we might see. I mean, and the other thing, of course, is that what succeeds on stage isn't necessarily the best picks. Sure. Like, we had, uh, at Horizon, all the pro players were telling me that uh, assassins were defining all the scrims. And Zed was scrims. the best champion at the tournament. Yeah, everyone at Scrims was playing Assassins, and we're seeing now that that's 100% true, that Assassins eat the uh, compositions that we were seeing at Horizon, they eat them alive, they destroy yes. them. Um, that's what's going on in WRL, that's what's happening in SEA. And so the clear takeaway is that if any of the teams had had the confidence to run Assassins on stage, they would have had a leg up, but none of the teams save for Thundertalk felt like they had the mechanical execution necessary to run risky assassins on stage because if you yeah. mess up an assassin play the game's over yeah and i think that's what's going to be really exciting about some of the wcs teams that we're sending as well specifically rq and to some extent team flash they have no fear picking these champions they love to play these champions they will blind pick these champions they will first face these champions and whether they win or lose i think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch yeah um normally we do like a fun game here i feel like we've gone a while do you wanna we have i have like one other thing do you want to touch on that or you do you want to touch on the yumi right Ye yeah we can talk about the yumi why don't we, can we do stop a quick one on that why don't we do a stop off uh in what the jess's corner <laughs> what the jess when the players from thailand was playing in the wcs and uh, well why don't we do it this way i started okay. seeing some screenshots um <laughs> And I'll tell you what the screenshots said, and then you tell me how they were created. The screenshots that were circulated to me were Yumi doing 50,000 damage in a single game yeah. and being the damage leader for his team. Now, yeah. you tell me why that happened. Yumi's damage is just broken right now. It's frankly just broken. I was talking to Jess about this when I was in Thailand, actually, and he, he was telling me about, like, how... how in lane, in Wild Rift, Yumi's a dominant champion. She's oppressive in lane. She does a lot of damage, and she hits fast. Once you get to the mid game, you ride on top of your fattest member, and normally what Yumi would do is you would buff like a Jax, you would buff an Irelia, right? But no one's building support items in Yumi anymore. Well, I do see like EMEA teams do it and stuff, but like 
in WCS, no one builds support items on Yumi. You go Luden's Echo, you go Death Cap, you just go full AP. And the way it works, it's when you throw out your Prowling Projectile, when it's in the air, you swirl it around, your cooldown's already started. So when you hit it, you can throw out Prowling Projectile again in like 2-3 to three seconds, and you just control the mid lane wave, you just control objective fights, and you do an insane amount of poke. The champion is a little broken right now, I think. So... That's been what I've immediately started seeing bleed over. I think what the Jess was like the leading edge of it. And yes. now I'm just seeing everyone in every region do it. So I'm I'm excited. I'm sure it's something that developed for more scrims as well. But Yumi. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Carry Yumi. Yay. <laughs> Very fun um, to watch. Why don't we why don't we do I can you know what? I can bring this back around. Why don't we do thumbs up and report? And we'll use that sure. to get my final point across the line. Uh, okay. This segment is very simple. It's the end of our show, much like the end of a Wild Rift game. We're going to give one thing a thumbs up and report something else. Uh, do you want to start? What would you like to report, Leonard? <sighs> what would I like to report? EMEA drafts, for starters. Can I do that? Can I report their <laughs> sure. drafts? I think it's really bad. Sure. I think their they they read on the game, their understanding of the game, and their, like... Uh, views of the game. It's just wrong. Would you like to... You don't need to, like, give a thesis, but give me, like, one example. Just so that just so they don't yell at me on Twitter. The support Yumi builds, the drafts, the the, the the drafting of champions like Seraphine and Sona, it just should not should not happen. Oh, yeah. It was, I'm still getting yelled at. I was looking for, like, something a little more Wait, concrete. why would they yell at you? They'll yell at me. No, it's mostly me. <laughs> I get most of the heat for shit we say on this show. I don't know why. That's so weird. I think people just give up on giving me shit, I think, probably. Um, Actually, no, I've never really gotten shit. Even when even when you were the most toxic broadcaster to the entirety of the Philippines? Yes. You oh, somehow got away shit. from that unscathed, True. despite chat no, 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 they hating you. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, but did they, did they, like, come after you? Did you get any hate mail, or was that confined to the chat? Uh, a little bit on Facebook, but not an absurd amount, and nothing really over the top. Like, um, one of the other casters, the Philippines casters that we had at the WCS Finals, Autoloose, he posted a picture of me taking a nap on, on Facebook. And <laughs> in the comments, some of the fans were posting, like, uh, a cockroach, basically. They are calling me a cockroach, and they wanted to like, post a picture of a cockroach. That was about as extreme as it got, which is, like, not too bad, honestly. <laughs> That's great! That's fantastic! I love that! <laughs> um, Asia just does better flame than us. Asia, Asian flame is just better. Um, I guess my report, we're starting with the report and we're going to thumbs up, uh, apparently. My sure. report is going to be, can I report China? Sure. Stop being so good. It's messed up. China I has... Think like 12 teams and they play approximately 800 games in their regular season it's just an incubator it's unfair they play I so agree. many games so quickly that best infrastructure they are playing they are they are like iterating faster they are trying more things much more quickly and i think it has allowed their teams to accelerate beyond every other region really really effectively 
And I mean, I think China just has an amazing infrastructure, amazing understanding of the game League of Legends as a whole, how it should be played. And a lot, a lot more teams. Like, the, the, their a franchise league is a lot 12 players. teams, but they have, like, hundreds of really good esports teams. Yeah. That's my report. It's a, it's a like, nagging report. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do a thumbs up then. Our WCS reps, I'll give you a thumbs up. I'm very happy with how it played out. I'm very happy with the teams we're sending. I think we should put on an amazing showing this year. And I think that the teams that we're sending, you know, work hard, guys. I want to see you guys smash everyone. Yeah, uh, that's really wholesome. I already was really supportive of the NA. I don't feel like it, I don't feel like my energy to the NA teams is the thumbs up. I feel like my energy to the NA teams is like a you better, you better deliver. <laughs> I'm going to break your kneecaps. Um, can I, you know what? We're going to go, we're going to go to side angle here, Leonard. I would like to give a thumbs up to Ardent Sensor. Okay, interesting. Why that, that item's broken. I've never seen anyone buy it in WCS. Okay, that item's broken. And the, the reason Karma should be meta is not because she does AP damage, because she doesn't. But because if you build Ardent Sensor, she can apply it to two people every fight from eight miles away. Um, and keep <laughs> applying true. it. And Staff of Flowing Water as well. And I'll Staff of Flowing Water and Harmonic Echo and Athens on Holy Grail. So she's giving healing yes. and she's amping up their damage. And it's very it's one of those items that people need to like sit and do math on a spreadsheet to figure out if they want to play it with it. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to quantify how much damage and value it's adding. But... It adds a lot of value. Okay, that'll be interesting. I mean, I do agree on the karma point, but karma's been basically permaban in the WCS. I think she's I don't only think... been picked like six, seven times because she's been permaban every other game. Yeah, I don't think she's permaban worthy because she, she's very counterable in game, which is you just need to jump on her. Um, Much easier said than done, especially given yes, how her yes, 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 yes. W interacts with her out. I think it's really strong. Hot dive. But I don't think she's permaban worthy because she doesn't do that much damage and you shouldn't be building her AP. If you're building her sure, AP, she fair. does like a decent amount of damage, but you shouldn't be building her AP because that's not where most of her value comes from. Um, so she, I, in the world where she's built as I think she ought to be, she doesn't do that much damage at all. But if she can sit at the back of the team fight and just give people shields over the wall then your team does 30% more damage, which is broken. Yeah, I mean, I think her utility is really strong outside of the shielding and power W and her out, just broken spells. Broken, broken spells. Yeah. So that's my, that's my thumbs up. I had to be a nerd right. a little bit. I felt like we haven't yeah. been nerdy it's enough. Pretty nerdy. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's our show. Thank you so much for catching back up with us. We got a, I got an email while I was on the train through Minnesota, Leonard. We have a... I don't know if you said something on air, but we, we got, like, a massive spike in listenership from the Philippines randomly. Really? Yeah. So I don't know what happened. We were, like, the number one podcast know. in gaming in the Philippines for, like, a really? period during this week. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, why that happened, but shout-outs to people in the Philippines listening to our show. Uh, we will be back next week same time uh, and if you would like to rate or review us on the podcast app of your choice that makes the algorithm think that our show is good so please do that 
No such thing as bad press, I suppose. Leonard has selling the show by being toxic. If you would like to send hate mail to Leonard, go to at omo2 underscore 2 on Twitter. You can find me at esportstj. You can find the show at podcast.esportstj.com. That's it. Have a great week.